Big welcome to you today. Welcome if you are here visiting, you're traveling through the city as we often get visitors or you're moved here recently and looking for a place to belong. Let me echo um, just uh, what Hamish shared before. Love for you to make this place your home, this your community and uh, love to connect with you after the service. My name is Andrew, I'm the campus pastor here and uh, love for you to find a place here as a home where you can connect and you can find a place to serve as well. Our heart and call as a church, as we looked at last week, as we uh, kicked off our vision Sunday last week, Multiply and Magnify, uh, I reminded us, uh, many of us have jumped on the journey in the last four and a half years since we planted in the heart of the city, uh, but just, just reminded us of why we're here. The call to be in the city, right in the heart of Brisbane City, to be a blessing to the city and to see God's kingdom come to the city. And that word, that clear word that God has for us to be a lighthouse uh, in the city of Brisbane. And we'd love for you, if you are looking for a place to belong, to partner with us and be part of this uh, church community in reaching out and be a blessing to the city of Brisbane. Hey, we're going to dive in in a minute as we continue our series, Multiply and Magnify, uh, at the beginning of this term. But before I do, just a, a, a quick uh, announcement, and that is next Sunday night... Uh, we have a guest speaker coming uh, all the way from the UK, Ash, Dr. Ash Barker. And uh, he's actually an Australian, he's from Melbourne, but spent uh, quite a number of years as a missionary in Thailand and doing an urban mission work in Melbourne, where I actually had some interaction with him a number of years ago. He is now based in Birmingham, the UK, and he is uh, an incredible man. Uh, an incredible pastor, an incredible leader who thinks about how to bring social change and regeneration with some of the most marginalised and poor uh, in, in cities. And he's been working in Birmingham for the last number of years, uh, doing incredible work with some of the marginalised and the poor in Birmingham, but also working with... Uh, uh, developers, property developers, with government uh, in, in terms of actually finding social cohesion and thinking through how to bring change to a city. And uh, he's in Brisbane, and uh, we've got the joy of hosting him next Sunday night. And so if your heart is around mercy ministry care uh, or thinking about ways in which we, you can bring uh, change, social generation, regeneration, uh, you'd be more, more than welcome to, uh, to, to come along next Sunday night. Uh, come Sunday morning, I'd love to have you Sunday morning, but then come Sunday night to hear uh, to Ash as well, um, or us. Yes, because Jason's preaching next Sunday morning, isn't he? Yes, thanks Hannah. So um, uh, we don't normally ask you to come to two services, but uh, uh, anyway, that invite is uh, there for you, uh, and I'm sure you'll be blessed um, by hearing him as he stirs our hearts and our call too to make a difference in the city of Brisbane. Well, hey, we are, we are in this series, and uh, if you haven't grabbed the booklet or downloaded uh, online uh, the, the series booklet, then please do that uh, as, uh, as we journey alongside uh, our series in life groups and with the resources that we have. But today, I'm going to be looking at uh, how we multiply the ministry of Jesus you know, God has called us to multiply in different ways, to see his work, the values and the ethics, the heart of the kingdom of God to be multiplied in us. We've been called to be and do like Jesus and to minister in the way of Jesus. And we're called to multiply. As we looked at last week, he has sent us out 
to go make disciples, to multiply what he has handed, what he has given to us. You know, we, just over a week ago, more than half of all Australians participated in an event. More than half of Australians. More than half Australians. Yeah, how do you say it? More than half Australians. Does that make sense? Participate. And now it wasn't, it wasn't a sporting event. It wasn't watching a sporting event. It wasn't an election or a vote. It wasn't Christmas or Easter because Christmas was more than a week and a half ago and Easter still isn't here yet. Now, I'm sure some of you know what it was. It was Powerball. It was Powerball. Over half of Australians participated in February 1st Powerball, which jackpotted to $200 million. And I'm sure nearly all of you don't care. Maybe some of you do. I'm not sure. But there were two winners. And, and the reason I know is because it came up on the news. I don't really follow it. I don't really care about this stuff. But uh, two winners shared the spoil, one from New South Wales and one from Queensland, one from Hawthorne. I know some people who live in Hawthorne, so I'll be uh, just uh, coming and having a chat with you afterwards. No, no, $100 million each they received. Can you imagine making that phone call just to let that person know you've just received $100 million? The, uh, it was reported, this was the conversation over the phone with the, with the woman from, uh, from New South Wales who won $100 million. She said, thank you, which I, I thought was appropriate. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of money, a lot of money to fathom. Well, I absolutely won't be working anymore. I mean, honestly, do I really need to? Reportedly, she said. There's always a lot of hypothetical questions of what I would want to do, but now I'm just lost for words. I have no idea. Maybe an overseas tour. I think I want to see everywhere. My partner is here with me now. He's in a bit of shock. He loves his job, so I don't know if he'll be retiring. You see, this gift, this unfathomable gift of money, causes a whole bunch of questions for this woman. What am I going to do with this resource that has been given to me? I don't think I'm going to work anymore. I think I'm just going to go and see everywhere. It's quite an interesting thought, I'm sure that many of us here in this room have thought, I wonder what would happen. What would I do if for some reason, somehow, I inherited or was given an inordinate amount of money? Anyone thought that? Anyone just found yourself daydreaming? Yes, I know you're nodding, even if you're not agreeing. We just think, well, what would I do? Well, there's a story in the Bible that actually opens up this scenario. Jesus tells the story of a parable where three people receive an inordinate amount of money. And there's a story that actually that Jesus wants us to take and to learn from. And we're going to dive into this story today as we think about what it means to live in the kingdom of God and receive the gift of the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 25 we're going to be reading from. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to it. Uh, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. The words will be on the screen behind me. Let me read just verse 1 to give us context. Verse 1 says, of Matthew 25, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. And he goes on to tell a number of parables. This is the second in the line. Again, 
in verse 14. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gain five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with your... Uh, with two bags of gold, see, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting what you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is teaching us and inviting us, as he does often with these parables, to get a vision of what the kingdom of God is like. What does it mean? To live in the kingdom. And Jesus sets it up. The kingdom of God is like, there is a time coming, he says. There is a time coming which we are now in of what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, to be the people who represent the kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? Well, simply, the kingdom of God is where God is king. Where God is king. It's not hard. Where, 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 where God, right? where any kingdom is, there is a reign, there is a rule. So wherever Jesus is king, that is where the kingdom of God is. We have been invited. We here, as we sit in this place today, we have, for many of us, have made this uh, decision of saying, Jesus, we're making you king. Wherever Jesus is king, wherever he reigns, that's where the kingdom of God is. That is where the kingdom is. Another thing to, make, uh, to note about the kingdom of God is that the kingdom, or any kingdom, but let's talk about the kingdom of God, follows the values of the king, follows the values of God. As maybe you've heard, how a leader is so the organization goes. How the king is, so the kingdom goes. The kingdom reflects the values 
of the king. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he is talking about God being king, and he is talking about the values of the kingdom being outworked throughout that kingdom. So Jesus is painting a picture. If you want to be in the kingdom, if you want to live in the kingdom of God, these are the patterns, these are the values, this is what is important, this is what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. And the values of the kingdom of God, as we see here and we see throughout, if you want to look at the values, you look at Jesus who is God in human form. You want to see the values of the kingdom, you look at Jesus. Jesus comes in mercy, kindness, and grace. The kingdom of God comes to us in the person of Jesus. The kingdom of God comes as a gift of grace. And so when Jesus tells this story, it's a picture of gift. It's a picture of grace. Again, verse 14, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Then he went away. We'll get back to that a little bit later. But it's worth noting that these gifts, their gifts of grace, are significant. One talent, so you've got five bags. Now, if you look through the notes, you can see how much it is. So five bags, two bags, one bag. Yeah, one bag of gold uh, it was, is a talent. Now, we, we think sometimes a bag is money of gold, but actually this would have been like blocks of gold. Think of like pirate, you know, kind of treasure or, or you know, the gold bullion, you know. Where they, these blocks of gold, this is heavy, weighty chunks of metal in a bag. And how much is it? Well, one talent is about 20, an average of 20, year, 20 years average salary. So we're talking, for the guy who received five talents, we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. For the guy who received one talent, he's still receiving millions and millions of dollars. This is life-altering, significant wealth. This is beyond, kind of like, this is, this is as, as a, the hearers are hearing this, they're thinking, that is a lot of, that is life changing. That is an insane amount of wealth that the master has given to his servants. So we see that there, there is a significant gift, an important, valuable gift that is given, and it's given according to abilities. Now we got to understand too that abilities are grace. Every one of us has abilities. Every one of us sitting in this room. Has, has, has gifts, abilities, talents that can be used. And they are all gifts of grace. The fact that we are living in Brisbane, Australia in 2024 is a gift of grace. The fact that we, we can enjoy sitting in air conditioning, amen. That we, can, that we can go get a coffee. That for most of us we own a car and we can afford to put petrol in. All of these resources that we have are a gift, let alone your senses of smell and sight and taste and your, and your, your ability to think and process and, and relate and work and all of these things that God has given. Now, we all have different abilities and levels of abilities, and depending on the time that you live, some of those abilities will be more useful than others. I'm not very good at computer games and using computers, and that would have been fine 50 years ago. Uh, I wouldn't have needed that, 
But now if you're good at IT and computers, then you can, that's a good ability to have. That's, you know, you can make a lot of money being a good computer game player. Apparently. There's someone in our evening service who he actually, that's what he does. He makes computer games. Does really well at it. You know, there's all context to it, but we've all been given different abilities, gifts, and talents that God uses, and it is all a gift. To put it in theological terms, it's common grace. Everyone has received gifts, and God gives us. He gives, as he tells in the story, he gives abilities, he gives grace. But I think it goes beyond, it would be very easy for me to preach a message and say, God's given you all abilities, and they're all, you know, they're all distributed, and some of you have different types, and, and that's great. Just use it. Make sure you use it. End of story, okay, let's, let's have the music and, and that's it. But I actually think there's something a little bit deeper going on here. Actually, let's go back to talking about the values of the kingdom. If the king or the master gives, gives the wealth to his servants, what is that wealth? What is that value? Well, I think it goes back to the values of the kingdom. And what are the values of the kingdom? Well, the values of the kingdom are mercy and grace and love. See, that's the deposit that we receive. That God actually gives us, yes, he gives us abilities, but what's the content? The content is mercy, grace, forgiveness, and love. Catholic Bishop Robert Barron says this. He says that the talents in this parable are a share in the mercy of God, a participation in the weightiness of the divine love. And as I read through the parables, I tend to agree, and we're going to get to some of these parables in, in a minute, because they actually speak continually about the values and the ethics of the kingdom, which reiterate the values of mercy, forgiveness, and love. It's interesting that, that uh, Robert Barron talks about this idea of weightiness, that when, 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 we, when Jesus was talking about the amount of gold, it was serious weight. We're talking about 50 pounds for one talent. So what's that, 20, 25 kilos. Times that by five, you're talking about 100 kilos of gold. It was, it was designed to evoke this sense of weight. And he goes on to talk about how weight was also, this word kabod was weight, was also attributed to the weight of the presence of God and the presence of God that would come and sit in the temple over the mercy seat. The weightiness of God is attributed to the mercy of God. God has been merciful to us. We have received his gift of mercy. We were undeserving. That's what we were celebrating at communion. We were celebrating God's mercy for us in that we were still sinners and in our sin, Christ died for you and for me. Did you, did you capture that as we took communion? Was that real for you again? Were you reminded that, of that again? You and I were undeserving of mercy and forgiveness. Yet Jesus has given us himself. We receive his mercy. But see, here's the thing. Mercy is only realized. It's only fully known as it's given away. Mercy is never something that we just receive. Grace is never something that we just receive and not given away. In fact, it's in the giving away that mercy becomes a gift. 
It's in receiving and giving mercy that we actually participate in the gift, the gift of mercy. William Shakespeare in The Merchant of Venice, and I did do The Merchant of Venice when I was at high school, and I've got to be honest, I remember nothing of The Merchant of Venice. And so I can't attribute this to my memory, but to Nicky Gumbel in his Bible in one year, which uh, I, I occasionally listen to. He quotes The Merchant of Venice where uh, William Shakespeare writes this, The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven. Upon the place beneath it is twice blessed. It blesseth, blesseth him that gives and him that takes. That's the gift of mercy. See, mercy is blessed in both the receiving and the giving. And God has entrusted to us a gift, the gift of mercy, the gift of forgiveness, and it must be given away if it is to be truly realized. Mercy, the gift of mercy has been entrusted to you and to me. The kingdom's values of mercy, forgiveness, and love are embedded. They are given to us. They are entrusted to us in order that they are to be given away. They are to be multiplied. And it's when, when we operate in grace, when we walk in mercy, it is then that it multiplies and it grows and it expands. It's then that the kingdom of God continues to grow and expand. But when we hold on to it, it loses its power. The gift is actually lost. And I'm reminded of uh, the parable. If you remember the parable of the unmerciful servant. It's, a, it's another one that, that comes in Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus tells the story about a king who has a servant and the servant comes into, again, debt which is just overwhelming. And the servant comes to the king and says, oh, forgive me, I can't pay this huge debt. And the king forgives the debt, doesn't throw him in jail, doesn't force him to repay it. Then that servant goes out to a debtor, another person who owes him a small amount of money. And that servant says, I'm sending you to prison until you pay the debt. See, the mercy received has not been passed on. And then the master called the servant in. This is how it goes. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? See, there is something about the gift the gift of the values of the kingdom of God, the values of the kingdom which we've all received, that everyone hold have, that must be given away, that must be multiplied. And as we do, it fans out, it is multiplied, it goes everywhere. And the reason why I think this is important, hey, let, me get, let me get to the point, say, so, okay, that's nice, Andrew, be merciful, that's it. You know, so gifts, that's, that's wonderful. 
the reason why I think this is important, and the reason why I think this is important to Jesus, and the reason why he keeps talking about this, and I'm going to go to another parable where he talks about it in a moment, and he tells the story of the, 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 you know, the, the good Samaritan, is because he is art- articulating the values of the kingdom that transcend and work its way through every part of life. See, it's, it's, it's not just for that person or that person or that person. It's not just for that vocation or that vocation or that particular skill set. See, the reality is it's so easy to, to think about, you know, God has given us these gifts and the talents, so we've got to, we've got to use them in the church, man. So, you, you, so it'd be very easy for me to say, right, that's it. Every, you know, to use your gifts, you've got to use them in ministry. But that, that's not a right application, See, see, God has placed us in different positions and in wherever we go, wherever we tread, whatever we do, we carry with us the values and the ethics of the kingdom of Jesus. And so when you go to your school or your university, you are carrying the values of the ethics of Jesus. You are carrying the kingdom of God. And you're doing everything you can to express the values in the kingdom of God in your university or your school. When you step into your workplace on the seventh story of the Suncorp building or into your place of government or into your business or into your retail area, you do it for the glory of God, but you are doing it with the values of the kingdom of God. You are operating in a way that reflects the kingdom and the values of God. When you go to your family, into your family context, whatever that looks like, or you're spending time with your friends in a social setting, and you're enjoying the gifts and the abilities and the physical talents or the the relational skills or whatever it is that God has placed in your hands, you are doing it carrying the values of the kingdom of God. God has placed the kingdom of God upon us and in us. And as we carry it, we shine because we do it with such difference and such distinctiveness. We use our time, our talents, and our treasure for God's glory. And it's not an optional extra. That's the deal. It's not like we can go, I'm just going to park that there and I'm going to do... No, 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 no. In everything that we do, God has entrusted us with his kingdom, the gifts of the kingdom. And if there's another sober reminder, it's the following parable. And this is why I actually think this is about, the, 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 you know, when, when he talks about what he's placed in us, the values of the kingdom of God, and particularly when it comes to mercy. The very next parable Jesus talks about, so he talks about in this parable, there's a time coming where I'll go away. So I'll get to this in a minute. The, the king, the master, leaves. The very next parable comes to a time of judgment. And it's the parable, maybe you've heard of it, the parable of the sheep and the goats. And what are the things, what's the behavior of the kingdom that the judge is looking for in the parable of the sheep and the, goat, sheep and the goats? Well, in verse 34 of chapter 25, we read this. Then the king will say, To those on his right, come you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. A little bit further on, they asked the question, well, when do we see you? Like, we didn't see you like that. And the king in verse 40 said, reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. God has placed in us the capacity to love, to bring mercy and care and dignity and value, forgiveness, kindness, because that's what he's given us. It's what he's put in our hands. It's weighty, it's wonderful. It's the values of the kingdom of God. And as we give it away, the kingdom multiplies. It multiplies. Now, I regret not taking more interest in science at school, to be honest with you. Um, I wish that I'd you know, paid more attention in biology and chemistry and physics, but I just didn't. Uh, but what I do, no, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> this could be dangerous right now, me giving a science lesson. But... Uh, from what I understand, we're made up of cells. And cells carry DNA. <laughs> and how do we grow? Those cells multiply. Am I right? Am I right so far? That's all I got. <laughs> there is something about the DNA of the kingdom that's in us that's called to multiply. It multiplies itself. See, cells multiply themselves. And they carry the same DNA. And God's called us to multiply. He's called us to carry the same DNA and to pass it on wherever we go to reflect the nature and the heart of God. He has placed something weighty on our lives. I want to honor some people today that I've seen who have uh, been faithful to God's call on their life and have worked hard but carry uh, God's grace and mercy. The first person I want to uh, honour this morning is Kelly Hunt. Kelly, I, I love Kelly's story. So Kelly, Kelly uh, did Alpha during COVID. And some of you have heard this story because we, we've shared it on numerous occasions. But Kelly did Alpha and I uh, was invited along some fr from some friends and, and she did Alpha and uh, it was a joy doing that with her. She came to faith, and she, after, uh, at the end of COVID, she was the most faithful person coming to church. It was amazing. Uh, came every week. And uh, God just has continued to do a work in Kelly's life. But the, but the thing that I really love about Kelly is that Kelly has got the mercy of God. There is something that has happened in her life where she goes, God has been kind to me. And so I've watched her care and love for people in our community with that same mercy. And I've also watched her receive the heart of God for others. And um, uh, it's been a real joy. I've just been chatting with Kelly over the past few months about uh, her heart, particularly for those in our church who are single. We have many in our city campus who are single for a whole range of reasons. And it's a growing need. Not a, sorry, this is the wrong word. It's a growing uh, opportunity uh, for us. And we've got to learn well. I've realized that as a church... We don't always 
uh, speak well or provide space well for those who are single. And I've said this before, we've idolised marriage in the church too much and that's, and that's got to be corrected. And uh, I've been talking to Kelly just about how do we create space and honour uh, for those who are not married. And, uh, and so Kelly has actually written a six-week uh, Bible study, which she's going to be running for, for anyone who's interested in, in just jumping in and, and doing this course for six weeks. It starts next Tuesday night here at the city. And uh, I want to honour Kelly for that. Again, it's for that heart of love of using her, t- her, her gifts and abilities and seeing a need and wanting to bless our community. And uh, I want to thank you for that, Kelly. And so I've got some old gold here, a chocolate of old gold, just as a representative of the gold of the kingdom of God. Um, which, one, which one would you like? I've got rum and raisin, I've got roast almond, or I've got mint cream, which is new. Oh, mint cream. <laughs> it's yours. Why don't you honour Kelly? Hey, I want to. Uh, I'm going to honour a couple of other people. I want to uh, honour Liz White. Liz is someone who has. Um, I've I've walked the journey with Liz as she's walked into motherhood, and uh, as she's as she's kind of stepped into a new season. As some of you mums will know, it's it's uh, it's an up up and down season. But but what I love about Liz is she is always looking to bless others and find ways to use her time to be a blessing to others. And I know many of you have been on the receiving end of an encouraging word from Liz White. Liz is an incredible encourager. She looks for opportunities to pass on uh, the value of the kingdom of God. And uh, I love the fact that you also bless us in worship. Uh, not, again, this is not about uh, ministry stuff, but, uh, but Liz, uh, you just step in and you're a blessing. So uh, I want to honour you today uh, for multiplying your ministry and using, using God. I've now got, uh, what have we got here, roast almond or rum and raisin? What do you want? Rum and raisin. Well done, Liz. Guys, we've all got things in our hands. God's placed gold in our hands. And it may not be $100 million from Powerball. And some of you are still sitting here going, that still sounds pretty good. <laughs> We've actually got, actually got something far greater. Far greater than $100 million from Powerball. And I'll tell you why. Because the values of the kingdom of God are not temporal. And they're not just a whole bunch of great holidays to Europe and Greenland or Iceland or wherever the funkiest place is to go these days. But the values of the kingdom go on and on and on. See, what we do with what we have has eternal consequences. And this is both exciting, but it's also a little scary. There are consequences We are gifted. We are offered a gift. This is for everyone. Everyone is invited in, but not everyone has to participate. You don't have to participate in the kingdom. You can can grab this gold and you go, thank you very much, God. I thank you for what you've given me. I'm going to dig a hole in the ground and I'm going to check out. I'm not going to participate. See, we're all offered the gift, but we don't have to participate. And this is the story of the kingdom of God here in this passage. And it's sobering. See, 
the foolish servant decided not to participate. Thanks, I'm just going to push it aside. I'm not going to multiply. It is that whole thing of use it or lose it, right? God has given us something, but we don't have to participate. But if we don't participate, it will ultimately be taken off us. As many of you know, I enjoy running. I, I love going out for runs. And um, last year, I, uh, I, I, I finished a, a marathon in May, and then I went on long service leave in July. So only two months. And I, I love running, but I also really love ice cream. And, um, and not that they're mutually exclusive, but if you love ice cream, I know Pete's nodding here, and you don't run, then, then things don't go so well. And so I, I was on long service leave, and so we were, we were driving around in our caravan, as you know, and I, I had ice cream every night because, I mean, why not? <laughs> but at the same time, I wasn't doing any running. Uh, and I remember we got to uh, Uluru, we got to, uh, and we were spending some time there, and I just had this idea, wouldn't it just be awesome? to get up one morning before the sun, as the sun was rising, and just to run around Uluru. 10K of just running around. Uh, you know, I could, I could do that. Now, this is about two and a half months after I ran 42K, but a lot of litres of ice cream. <laughs> the, three for, the, the first 3K were amazing. You know, I just felt the presence of the Lord. You know, this amazing sight. This is a photo I took. It was just amazing. And then between about kilometres 3 and 10, I, I hated Uluru. <laughs> and I hated creation. And uh, I hated those people who rode past me on their bikes. Partic they looked at me going, what kind of loser runs around here? And I'm thinking, I hate you guys. Why are you not walking and getting fit? You know, there's something about where you know, I just completely lost all fitness in a short period of time. And there is something about if we don't use what God has given us, it will wane in us. And I'd even say that for us today, those of us who are, yes, I, I, I'm there, I'm in the kingdom of God, I want to be used by God, I want to make a difference in my workplace, I want to shine like the stars. But somewhere along the journey, we kind of get a little bit disconnected. We forget we forget that actually God has been so good to us. That God has been so generous to us. See, our participation, whether we dive in or not, will then have eternal consequences. It has the consequences for now, but for eternity. One is rejection. We reject the gift and we will be rejected. But on the other side, if we use what he has given us, there will be great reward. Great reward now. The kingdom multiplies now and there is great reward for eternity. Something greater than a hundred. You cannot with a hundred million dollars buy eternity. And there's a great reward and we see it laced in this passage. Well done, good and faithful servant. The creator of the universe. Can you imagine the creator of the universe? It's a bit hard to comprehend. But the creator of the universe saying to you, saying to you, Helen, saying to you, Vanita, saying to you, Pete, saying to every one of us, well done, good and faithful servant. 
see, heaven, heaven, and this is a picture of heaven too. So I reckon we have this anemic view of heaven. That heaven is up in the clouds forever playing a harp. Like, you know, after about 10,000 years, that's going to get pretty old. We have this view of heaven as going, what are we going to do forever? But we get a picture here of actually resource, creativity, energy, multiplication, work, without getting tired, without getting discouraged, without living with fear. We get to do all of this with joy and reward and celebration over and over again. That is a picture of the heaven I've got. Heaven. Plus, think of all the amazing places you haven't got to yet, like Venice or Iceland or wherever you'd love to go. Think of that and times it by infinity and then you begin to get just a taste of what God has in store for us. We get to participate for eternity, but it starts now. And that's why this whole story says the king goes away for a long time. Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's preparing his followers for the time when he was not going to be with them. It's what Matthew 25 and that whole passage, this whole section is about. Jesus knows that his death is imminent. And he's saying, guys, I've passed it on to you. I've given you the values of the kingdom. This is how we live. This is how we operate. And I'm giving it to you. Because there is a time that I'm not going to be with you. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. We don't just do it alone. Because when you think about all that Jesus did and all that he calls us to, it can be pretty exhausting. And we fail. But the good news is, is that we have the great encourager with us. See, 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven and left his followers, the Spirit of God came down and filled them. He filled the disciples and they were filled. They were energized. The values of the kingdom came with the power of God and they were sent out. The values of the kingdom, the, kingdoms of, the, the values of mercy and kindness and love radically impacted the Roman world and ultimately flipped it on its head. Not through might and power, but through mercy, grace, love. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what we are offered. We get to receive His power. The power of the Holy Spirit in us, filling us and using us. I love, there is, there is a practical step. Maybe, maybe for you today is thinking through, how do I use my time, my talents and my treasure more efficiently and effective for the kingdom of God? Have there been other things that have become more important? To me? Am I spending it on me? See, the whole picture of the, the unfaithful servant, the one who dug it in the ground, was basically turned in on himself. It's a picture of sin. So often we do that, and as a result, fear comes in. We seek to protect what we have rather than multiply what we have. And maybe you've slipped into that. Maybe you just need to do a, a, an audit again of the things that God has placed in your hands. 
the grace of God that he's placed in your hands and how do you use his grace into the places and spaces, the time, the talent, the treasure that he has given you. I think there's a, there's a moment that I just, I think for us, it's an invitation for us today as well and that's to be filled afresh with the Spirit because we need His Holy Spirit to fill us. And what a joy to know that we don't have to do this alone, that we're not here, okay, off you go. Go live the values of the kingdom, that's great. Go multiply the ministry of Jesus that He showed us. But actually we receive the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to do today is we're, we're I'm going to invite you, you don't have to do this, but I'd love for you to do it as a way of just re, uh, restating uh, your, your place before God and, and saying, God, here are my hands. You've given me gifts. You've given me gold. And I want to be used by you. I want to be filled with your spirit afresh to make a difference in the places and the space that you've called me to. So we're going to worship. I'm going to get the band to come up. And, uh, and as we sing, we're going to sing, just sing a song, uh, Fresh Wind, God, breathe your Holy Spirit afresh. Just as the Holy Spirit came upon those disciples and the followers of Jesus in the upper room, as they waited on the gift of the Spirit to, to send them out into the ministry that God had called them to. So we sing this. So I'm going to invite us uh, to stand in, in a minute. I'll get you to stand in a minute. But we're going to have just some stations. We're going to have some people. Um, Rod and Helen up the back and, and Jenny and I are going to be down the front and I'd love to, we'd love to anoint your hands almost as a posture of saying God these are my this is, take my hands use me use me afresh and anew and just to receive a blessing that's, that's all we're going to do it's a short prayer of blessing and anointing there is something about anointing which means throughout scripture which was set apart I'm setting myself apart. I'm commissioning myself afresh. And so for you, however that looks for you today, saying, these are my hands, God, I'm setting my hands, my life, my gifts, my skills, my talents, whatever you've placed in my hands, I'm setting them apart again to be used for your kingdom and for your glory. And so as we worship, just line up and, and, then, uh, and we'd love just to pray a blessing. God bless you. May he use you, may he multiply the things that he has placed on your life for his glory. So as we worship, I invite you to do that. And why don't we stand and invite Rod and Helen to go. I think Rod and Helen are going to be up the back. And so you can go forward or you can go back. And just during this time, receive a blessing, receive an anointing as, uh, as you are commissioned and uh, anointed to fulfill the ministry and the values of the kingdom. Let's do this together. Come when you're ready.